Welcome back to this episode of, uh, of Ignite. Uh, we like having this guy on next to me, Eric Metaxas. We get together once in a while. And it's always profound. And it's always, I mean, I, I always end up having rib sores from laughing so hard when we're off camera. You are one of the silliest guys I know. Thank you. <laughs> and you know that's true. Yeah. You enjoy having fun. Guilty, yeah. And Jesus enjoyed having fun. Well, listen. You know. Can I, let's, let's here's a little secret. God invented fun. He invented humor. This is not like some side thing. Like the, exactly. the most wonderful things in the world, he he didn't just create them, he invented them. And so yeah, let's stop yeah, kidding yeah, ourselves. Yeah. If there's something that's wonderful, like like humor, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's from God. Humor is attractive. And, Parenthetically, what, what, God invented it. We can't beat people into heaven, folks. We just can't do that. And they see us no we're try, so religious we and we're so holy and all. When you just, he said, they'll know you're my disciple by your love. And when you love on people and you experience God flowing through you, it's going back to the scripture you've heard me mention many times, but Isaiah 43.10, most Christians don't have faith today. They're worrying. Over 80% of all Christians are worrying today. If you're worrying, you don't have faith. And if you don't have faith, you can't share your faith. So how do you have faith? You know what he said? He said, I appoint you in Isaiah 43.10. He said, you've heard this many times. I can't say it enough. He actually defines why we're supposed to share our faith. In Isaiah 43.10, look it up. He says, I appoint you as my witness so that you will believe. Because when you share, when you love on people, you can't orchestrate those conversations. You can't pull off recitations or three points or whatever. Every conversation is different. So when you rely on Luke 12, 12 who's, which, which says, uh, my Holy Spirit will give you the words to say when you need them, and you find yourself in these conversations, all of a sudden, uh, a scripture comes to mind that you haven't thought of for years or a life experience or something, and he's using what's in your database that you wouldn't normally remember, but God supernaturally brings it and gives you the right word at the right time, and you walk away and say, wow, God just orchestrated that conversation. You just used me. You spoke through me. There, I don't think there's any other way in the human existence to have that kind of fellowship, that intimacy with God. And when you have those experiences you can have on a daily basis, that's when you have real faith and well, joy. <laughs> if, you don't, if your faith is not flowing out of you, you don't have much faith. Let, let's, yeah. I mean, we kind of lay, lay it down, right? There's a scripture, many people know this. And, and think of the gift that God gives us in this scripture. He says, be anxious for nothing, nothing. but in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your question. Okay, yes. What, yes. what God is saying to us is that if you're worried, if you have anxiety, you're sinning. You're out of my will, period. He says the moment, and you'll have many reasons to worry and to be anxious. He says, that's fine. But the moment you experience that worry, that anxiety, take it to me immediately. Do not allow yourself to worry, to be anxious. As soon as you are anxious or as soon as you worry, take it to me immediately, knowing that I love you, knowing that I want you, as my beloved child, to bring it to me, bring it to daddy. Don't don't worry about it yourself. Yeah. I think we have to remind ourselves of that that's constantly because the temptation to have fear and people say there are all these reasons, there may be reasons, but God still yeah. says it's a sin. He still says, I don't want you to do that. If you care about what I want and I'm God and I love you, and I, then I'm telling you, be anxious for nothing. nothing. So the moment you have 
your good reasons to be anxious. It's like, fine, take them, bring them to me in prayer and say, Father, this is, this is killing me. Help me with this. But do not be filled with anxiety or worry or fear. The moment you, you, you allow yourself to do that, you're out of God's will. You, you, you know, we break his heart. We forget he loves us so much that we can break his heart by, by completely ignoring what he says. And so he gives us that scripture. I mean, it's kind of funny, Barry, because this ties into what you wanted to talk about. Right now in our country, we're going through a tough time. And I think a lot of people, including Christians, they don't know how to respond to it. They don't, they don't know what's going on. And because I wrote a book about Germany in the 1930s and what happened to the church in Germany in the 1930s, I feel like I have a perspective on it. You really do. And I believe yeah. that, let's be honest, God wants us to to learn from the past. Yeah. Can, I, can I jump in? Can you hold that thought just for yeah. a second? Fear. Fear. Over 80% of Christians are in fear. Okay. I think that's Satan's number one tool yes. against the church. It is. <laughs> because if, if you have fear, you don't have faith. If you, if you don't have faith, you can't share your faith. So it occurred to me a little while back that it's really his way of sterilizing us so we can't reproduce. The church is not reproducing yeah. itself. We're dwindling in numbers, and we've gone silent. And why has the church gone silent? I'm talking the church. I'm talking about us. I'm not talking about the, the organized church. I'm talking about us. We've gone silent. Why? Because we're in fear. If you're in fear, you don't have boldness. You, you, right. can't, you don't have faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that is where people in, right. back in I think there's a relationship between what was going on in World War II Germany yeah. and what's going on now. So I, if you're going there, I just this well, term sterilization, does I, that make sense? Well, I think, sterilizing I think that it's what you were saying earlier is that if you really believe in Jesus, you will not really be able to shut up about it. <laughs> You, it will come out of you. Right. It's, it's okay. Yeah. So you can't fake it. You can't say, well, I believe it up here. If you really yeah. do believe it, yeah. you will you behave should. as though you believe it. Yeah. You won't just say, well, I believe it up That's here, so but I'm true. having a hard time. That's so true. If you, if you know he defeated death on the cross, if you know he loves you, if you know mm. that what he writes to us in the Bible is true, if you really do know those things, you're going to live differently. It doesn't mean you won't have hard times, but yeah. when you have hard times, you'll respond differently. I think right now um, we're going through unprecedented strangeness in our culture, unprecedented difficulty, unprecedented madness has been unleashed uh, in, in America. And I think most people don't know quite where to turn. And so I think the first thing we have to say is, listen, folks, God is not caught by surprise. No. God is even allowing <laughs> He's this not craziness. <laughs> no, he's allowing this to drive us to him. Yeah, absolutely. The scripture says, absolutely. and again, when you know, when you say what the scripture says, this is it's like true. math. This is like, you know, this is not optional. This is fact. The Bible says all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, why does God say that? It's the same thing where, why does he say be anxious for nothing but in all things? Why, he says that for us to say, no matter what is happening, I'm here to tell you, to promise you that no matter how bad it is, and you can take this to the bank, it, I will use it for good for if. you. And, and if 
if you're walking with me and you, you are looking to me in the midst of the difficulty, I will use the ugliest thing yes. you can imagine yes. to bless you, to bless people through you. Now, we need to know that's true. Yeah. We, we can't say, well, that's a nice idea. No, mm. that's actually no. blasphemous. <laughs> that you is, need to know that that's is. what God says. And it's, what is it, Romans 8, 28, right? Romans 8, 28, and he finished it by saying, if you live for my purpose, everybody knows there's no, there's no disagreement by any of the theologians about what God's purpose was. He came to seek and save the lost. And so when we live our lives to seek and save the lost, when we move, live our lives to move everybody every day closer to Jesus, that's just a way of life. And when you really love the Lord, you do it automatically. It's just, it's just like breathing. When you're in that zone, you're living in the fog. You're living in the favor of God. And it's so simple, but when you do that, when well, it you're changes all in, everything. There, there's, there's, it, it, it is, it's a cycle, isn't it? I mean, you, you do that, you share your faith, and you have more faith, <laughs> and he blesses you more, and you're more excited. You can't right. keep it yourself. It gets bigger and bigger. <clears throat> and um, the, it, I, I mean, that scripture, again, I think, I think how God must love us. It's overwhelming that he gives us these scriptures to say no matter how bad things get, he says, look, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So if you're walking with God and, and sharing your love of God with others, and, and if you're doing all those things, mm. no matter what no happens, matter what. God will use it to bless you, yeah. Yeah. to bless people through you. But, but the thing is, Barry, we yeah. need to know this. We can't say it's a nice idea. I hope that's true. The Bible says it. <laughs> so unless God is a liar, <laughs> let's break it down. Unless God is a liar, that's true. And to not believe it is really to be s sinful. It's, it's, to, it's to hurt, it, it's to break God's heart, to say like, I don't know, that's a nice idea, I don't know. So I kind of feel like yeah. things are, yeah. when things get crazy, it's one way of God driving us to choose, do I really believe this or don't I? So a lot of people who are today, maybe they're being silent or they're hanging back, I'm here to say God has allowed these difficult things to happen to drive us to, to, to actually believe, to stop hanging on the edges of belief mm -hmm. and to believe yeah. and to start it's walking in it to do that. and to start sharing that's, our faith as though it's true. Because here, here, here's, here's, here's an most, idea. If I just, it's true. It's just, we have, we have about 30 million, about 10% of America are, are really God-loving Christians like us, okay? And Muslims are so close, have a victorious life, but, but God is sterilizing you with fear. Is Kenya where you just have a, a hint of doubt and you just, you want more. You know you want more in your life. You want to have victory. You want to have fun every day. You want to have an adventure, but you don't quite know how to do it. Sharing your faith, living for God's purpose opens the door. And he says, when you share your faith, I point you to my witness so that you will believe. And when you believe, you can't hold it back. And that's what this whole thing, the whole ministry of Ignite is about. And Eric says it better, far better than me. You've lived it. You, 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 and you know it's true, and it's so wonderful to have. That's why I guess one of the reasons we get along so well. We share well, this common. We, we need to encourage fact. each other in this stuff, and I and I think that. Listen, I I really uh, understand that people are wondering what's going on, and I think that in in history, and this is why I think my Bonhoeffer book has resonated with people because they. They think, look at this. The, the, God allowed mm. 
this madness mm. uh, to come into Europe and, and all this evil and all this. But it gives you a picture of what would it look like to believe in Jesus in the midst of that madness? Yeah. What would it look like? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what it would look like. It would look radically different than the way most people, most so-called Christians live, live their lives. And God wants to inspire us and to say, I want you not just to say you believe or to hope you believe, but to know these things are true and to walk in that with no fear of death, with no fear of anything, with the joy of knowing that God loves me and God wants to use me in the midst of the, of, of the craziness. I really think sometimes people do look at circumstances. Um, the circumstances should drive us to Jesus. We, we shouldn't let the circumstances drive us away from Jesus and into mm. this para mm. paralysis. Yeah. So I yeah. would yeah. say, I believe revival is already happening in America because there are people who, because of the craziness, are finally saying, What's going on? There's millions What's of people praying reason? now that would not have been, would not be praying right. now had things gone differently and there Correct. was peace and tranquility. Right. <laughs> That's right. So I, I've not heard you say this specifically on your programs. It's easy for me to okay. say All specifically. Right. And we haven't talked about it personally, but is there a relevance between um, World War II German Christians yeah. And 2022 American yeah. Christians. Is there a relevance? Well, there, there, there are many parallels, but the, the central one is this. Bonhoeffer, you know, who was a German pastor in the midst of this, the madness of, of the Nazis taking over Germany, he was trying to wake up the church. He was saying to the church, hey, church, if you do not live out your faith now, right now, tomorrow you won't be allowed to. So you've got to live out your faith now. Live it as though it's true today. Stand up to the tyranny. Stand up to all of these things without fear. But if you don't, then tomorrow you won't be able to. So it's kind of like somebody says, like, spend your money for God's purposes today because tomorrow the government will take it away from you. You, you won't even have the choice tomorrow. So you better get serious now. The freedom you have today, you better use that freedom to speak truth, or tomorrow it will be taken away from you. So the story of what happened in Germany in the 30s is that the church basically did not heed the prophetic call that Bonhoeffer was, was giving to them. And they experienced what it's like to say, not yet, we're gonna keep silent just a little more, we're not ready, we're not ready, we're just gonna hang back, see how it goes, see how it goes. And then suddenly the window was shut and the opportunity to do the right thing had passed. I believe God gives us the story of Bonhoeffer and the German church in the yeah. 30s as a warning to us. And when I say a warning, I mean a warning, folks, meaning that he's basically saying exactly what happened to them, exactly what happened to them will for sure happen to you and to the church in America unless you learn this lesson and don't do what they did. If you use your voice today as though you won't have it tomorrow because you won't, if you use your money, your talents, your energy, all of these things for my purposes today with zero fear, yeah. then yeah. I will bless you and you're gonna see things you can't imagine. Mm. If you don't, <clears throat> if you say not yet, not yet, not yet, in a moment, the opportunity will go away and you will realize that there, there was a window, the window is now shut and now you have to deal with the consequences. The German church in Germany has for 80 years been hanging its head in shame 
for failing to believe God and to act as though he had defeated death and as though he wanted them to speak out. And, and to, there's only one way to live. That's the way to live. But God doesn't force us. And so he gives us these warnings from history. And the story of Germany in the 30s, to me, is the ultimate warning because the parallels with today are so dramatic. I won't go into them, but they're so dramatic that if you pay the slightest attention, you'll see God is speaking to us through the story. This is a definitive message for American Christians today. Um, the Bible makes it very clear that unbelievers are blinded by Satan, and 80% of America is blinded. It's, it's spiritual deception. I mean, how else can you, can bright, otherwise bright, intelligent people want to promote all the crazy stuff that's going on today? And politics can't change that. It just can't. As much as I mean, I'm a political junkie and we do our things in that world, but that's not going to really change it. This you can't fight a spiritual war with politics in the minds of man, and 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 you and I we can't change the world, but but we can change our worlds. Each of us has influence, and it's not a political thing. I, I would say that the most patriotic thing we can do today is to lead people to Jesus. Because every time we lead somebody to Jesus, the scales come off their eyes. Until we do that, um, they have scales in their eyes. They see evil for good and good for evil. The scriptures actually say that. Even to the church. And we're seeing things go in the church we can't believe. That in the last days there's a great falling away. I mean, we're, I mean we see all this stuff going on. This is, this is a spiritual attack. And... I believe what you believe, revival is starting because of it, not in you spite will. of it, but because right. of it. And we're asking for revival to start in you, okay? And it's not about getting up on a soapbox and preaching. It's not about, I mean, you can support all the political stuff, that's fine. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is 80% of the people you're with every day are lost. And, and they don't know there's a God who loves them. They just, they don't know. I, I was with a star from a television series, it's very popular right now, that she is just despicable. <laughs> and I have to be breakfast with her. I walked by and, and I said, I'm a Christian, I watch your show. And, and I, I'm amazed by your role. She says, everybody tells you I'm evil. And I said, well, yeah, but you've also told the story of how broken you are. And there's reasons that's coming out. And as that, and the role you're playing, that person doesn't know that there's a God who loves them, that, has, that wants them to be in heaven. She says to me, wow, you're a Christian I'd like to spend time with. We need to be Christians that people want to spend time with. And it's not about getting their scalp or getting them saved today. It's, it's just loving on them. Just love on them. And, and when they see your love is real, they open up and they tell you things they won't tell their best friend. And then God, Luke 12, 12, God speaks to you. His Holy Spirit speaks to you. It's just the most wonderful thing. I got to tell you, unless, how are they going to know unless somebody tells them? And, and who, how are people going to tell if they're not being sent? And they're not being sent. Our churches aren't preaching this. They're not sending us. Very few, my pastor is, Jack Hibbs is, but very few pastors are doing that. So we need to do that. We're, we're, we're just lay people saying we need to get ourselves into the game. Let's rise up troops. We can make a difference. We may not able to change the world. We can change our world. <laughs> and you hit it right on the head. We, we can't be quiet any longer. You can't sit on the sidelines anymore. We got to get off the bench and into the game. And when we do that, 
our joy returns, our faith returns, and every day is an adventure. I mean, it's fun. And the worse it gets, the better it gets. The worse it gets, the easier it is to share our faith because people are terrified. When they're in fear, they're open to the gospel. You know, over 80% of all the unchurched are wishing there was a God right now and are looking for somebody to tell them that the food is ripe. The fields are white for harvest, but the laborers are few. We need to change that. You need to change that. At least in your own life, you need to change that. That's what this is all about. And you say it so it's very, real. very well. We're so, we, we have different diction, different perspective, but it's the same truth. Amen. It's the same truth. Thank you, Eric. Ah, I love you, brother. I mean, it's so much fun. Thanks for having Let's me do it here. Again. And, and, I'm pumped up we got a, Let's We've gone way there. too long. I'm sorry, folks. But this is such a unique opportunity to have Eric with us and talk from eyes of um, somebody who's really studied what happened in, uh, in not poster, in German. Oh, Germany, God in gave us that story, I'm convinced, story to encourage us today. For us, for I, us. I don't have any doubt. That's a fact. God, so let's God, take advantage of the encouragement. Help us. God help us. This is very special. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. See you next time. Yeah.